This is the archetype lecture uh, for Manipura. And Keenan and I are going to talk a little bit about the two archetypes for this uh, solar plexus chakra. And just to introduce them a little to you, uh, always giving the disclaimer to remember that neither archetype is the good or bad one. And that if you recognize aspects of this in yourself, you swing and oscillate all the time. We all do. And this is just to learn more because life is a journey and we're learning. It's not to judge ourselves or to pick ourselves apart. So keep your compassionate hat on for yourself as you listen and know that we all oscillate between these things and that each archetype has sort of like a illuminated side and a shadow side. And so um, let's start talking about the warrior archetype because I feel like that's one of your specialties that you know a lot about. Mm. And um, maybe just give us like a little introduction to the, the warrior archetype and, uh, and then maybe we'll talk about the servant after that. Yeah, great. Um, I'll start sort of where you started, um, which is reiterating that it's neither male nor female, the warrior archetype. In our culture... We often assume that if we're talking about the warrior, it has to be a male versus a female. And I think that has a lot to do with just how men are comfortable being depicted, who's in charge of doing the depiction, and also the fact that a lot of women um, have encountered the shadow side of the warrior. So um, might be one of those things that's difficult to associate oneself with. Mm -hmm. So when I think about the warrior archetype, one word really sticks out and that's purpose. Mm. So purpose towards a goal. So if you think about any warrior, whether it's a you know, samurai or someone in the military, yeah, there's the toughness, there's the ruggedness, there's the discipline. But all those sort of hard aspects are necessary to achieve a goal. They necessitate purpose and they help the warrior, the archetype of the warrior, accomplish that goal. So that's how I would uh, sum it up, basically. And mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you see it? Hmm, similar, yeah. Like the purpose is something that I think... Um, resonates a lot the manifestation of bringing i see it as like the healthy manifestation when we're in the the side that's illuminated and healthy we're, we're bringing up the energy from the sacral and from the root so who am i where am i from what do i stand for what's my creative life force energy and then how do i manifest that in the physical world mm -hmm. and what you're saying about purpose resonates because in my life, when I've had something that has a purpose, if I, you know, um, I haven't always been goal oriented per se, but like if something feel I feel a passion and a purpose for it, then I do seem to tap into some kind of reserve of energy mm -hmm. that helps me to accomplish it. So I think I see it in a similar way uh, that it's this manifestation of, of of all this other aspect of energy of myself coming into the physical world for me to see and reflect on in the physical plane and then the directionality like like to me the warrior has a direction which mm -hmm. i guess the same thing as purpose is a direction and, and one thing i actually um forgot was 
yeah, there's there's purpose, but the purpose is actually for something greater than the oneself. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know the the goodness of all being, uh, defending the homeland, um, you know, being a spiritual warrior, you know, going out there with a purpose for a cause, whether that's you know expanded consciousness or um, you know salmon run awareness in northern BC. You know, it's the warrior energy strives for achieving a goal that's greater than his or herself. Mm-hmm. You seem to see that when that's the case, there's plenty of energy to be found. Yeah. And when the case is that it's selfish in the sense of like it's literally only serving the self uh, and there's no element of ser- true service to the greater good, we get tired, the energy runs out, like you just run out of steam. But it's like it comes from somewhere, you know, beyond ourselves when we're serving beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that for sure. So what about when, like when you were saying a lot of women have seen the shadow side of this archetype, I was mm-hmm. thinking like, yeah, this is the one that I have the hardest time relating to, even though I know that I have some of that energy in a positive way. Um, but I have the hardest time actually in my own belief system like I was talking about in the other recording like my own belief system has seen the aggressive side of that Mm -hmm. energy the dominating side of that energy out of balance and so I have a I think I have a fear of it and I also so I sometimes fear it in myself Mm -hmm. or allowing it near me because I don't want to be hurt or be at the hands of it or even worse become it Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I can feel like a, a moving away from that type of energy for myself. So maybe you could talk about that a little. Yeah, and it sounds like um, what you've experienced and what you perhaps are afraid of is this detachment from one's feelings that um, sort of necessitates the implementation of um, the warrior's honed skill sets to achieve their goal. Because a lot of times they are... I mean, they really do have to put you know, feelings aside. And um, when that's out of balance and that detachment is too vast or too prolonged to the point where someone doesn't even have access to those feelings anymore and is still stuck in that very narrow-minded, um, get this done, you know... Uh, at all costs. At all costs, yes, exactly, sort of mentality. You, that's a... That's a dangerous weapon to wield Mm -hmm. and if one is unaware of how they're feeling and you know probably utilizing a certain amount of forward momentum aggression force force uncontained like it's just a matter of time before that um, spills over into you know violence because violence and aggression are can can be quite close yeah it seems like they live really close together so then um, would you say that like another aspect that I've seen it in uh, in people is like where I felt fear is like an in, it like competition and competitiveness and like an intense desire to win mm-hmm. at the expense of anyone else and how I kind of we were talking about before like how I kind of like see the patriarchy as that like this giant rigged game that will 
put any put things under itself to win no matter what and maybe that's part of why it's like I feel this hesitation towards that archetype so I'm like oh it's everywhere and it's unbalanced form like I'm living in the structure of it is how I sometimes feel yeah and that's you know kind of losing sight of the greater purpose and when the greater purpose is not greater than you, it's just you and it's me that is more important than the we. I mean, that's when I think it gets into that really um, shallow, shadow side of the warrior archetype that is just self-serving. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, you're the expert on this one, so I just, just help me work it out. Uh, when I sometimes I've seen this too where somebody gets like on a spiritual path and they Mm -hmm. get super huge amounts of purpose and they get super huge amounts of energy and they're moving in a direction and they're gonna like save the world and wake everyone up and help everyone and change the world and all of this and I get really scared of that too is this (laughs) is that sort of some of the same energy um yeah it can be um I'll speak from my own experience that when I've been uh you know Whatever, whatever you want to call it, a spiritual warrior. I'm usually pretty dogmatic and pretty narrow in my um, scope. Like you have a belief that this is the way. This is it because I've dedicated, I put all my chips into this basket for now. And this is what it is that will lead not only me, but everybody else everybody to salvation. Else. Yeah. And because and I've gone through that where I'm like, so for a while it was Reiki and then it was chakra medicine and then it was ayahuasca and mushrooms and meditation and yoga. And I've gone through that, through all those things where it's like, this is the way everyone needs to mm-hmm. do this. Everyone needs to do this. If everyone did this, the world would be a better place. And then, you know, in, in my work in the last two years, it's really been about like, well, those are all really wonderful tools and they're not for everyone. They were, they're not even for one person for their whole life usually. Sometimes you do medicine your whole life or you do yoga your whole life or meditation your whole life, but you start to have a different relationship with these things. Yeah, and I think there's a word for that. I think that's, to me, what a zealot would be, mm. right? It's, it's I am the spiritual warrior for just this thing. And, you know, that, that might be important to that individual. But if we take a step back and see that they're all valid and they're all important and at their root at their base they're all trying to achieve the same end Mm -hmm. which is consciousness awareness that we are all one Mm -hmm. and so when in balance this warrior energy you know it sounds like an important ingredient is being able to see beyond your own belief system and, and taking a bird's eye view, hearing people, meeting them where they're at, not needing to change them, not needing them to adopt the same beliefs as you, but having space and then sort of having a purposeful direction for your own energy mm-hmm. without it having to have anything to do with how anyone else is using their energy. Mm-hmm. And your energy is in service to the whole. But if someone around you is doing something that's different, you don't need them to change because you're so purposeful in your own direction of energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds like that would be really imbalanced because you've been able to utilize the focus in your own purpose, but also kind of take a step outside of that to realize that everybody else kind of has their own path and they're equally as valid mm-hmm. because they're important to them. Yeah, that's the biggest trap I see myself get into and and lots of people who I love and respect in spiritual communities it uh, starts out as such a wide scope and then it narrows in on a particular thing 
you know, almost to a point of uh, making others wrong. And yes. that's the part of the warrior energy that scares me is when it becomes dogmatic, others become wrong and it becomes very us versus them, black, white, vertical. In, in a lot of different, you know, movements, uh, areas of study, um, you'll start to detect that flavor. Fanatical. The fanatical, dogmatic, it's, it's us versus them. For example, I was looking at just going over different types of, uh, you know, eating, traditional eating patterns and things like that. And I was listening to this, um, like, in, like, liver doctor talk about the ketogenic diet and how important it is. And he was talking about how uh, hunter-gatherer cultures didn't really eat vegetables and we should only eat meat and organ meat. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, vegetables are wrong. Fruits are wrong. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm getting swept up into this because it feels so much easier to just think that this way is the one that works. Might be the one that works for him. And also, you know, people that live in the tropical rainforest, there's fruits all over the place. They're not just eating meats. That they're not just eating that. Yeah. So it's 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 easy to to catch ourselves into this because it's it's it seems to answer all the questions so easily and package them so nicely in the in the polarities. It's it's this is right and this is wrong. When in reality, life is much more um, interesting than that. It's it's that in between this is right and this is wrong. Or this is right now and this is right later. Exactly. This is right right now. So then. So then, you know, this is helpful for me because the warrior archetype, like, I, I get very fearful of the fanatical and when anyone is, like, absolutely certain about something, it kind of freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm hearing is if you're able to cultivate a sense of a balance within yourself, then you're able to uh, not, the way I like to talk about it is, like, about how much energy we use defending against things because that's been like my area of personal inner work is like how much how much energy do I waste defending and whenever I think I've gotten kind of like out of balance with this archetype with the warrior you I go into defending a belief system and to do that to defend something I have to make someone else wrong yeah I have to make their perspective wrong I have to make their experience wrong and actually that takes away from them just being a sovereign human being who has a different perspective than me so why the heck is it so hard for us as humans to have an experience and then have someone else have a different type of experience and still be able to talk about it? Because it seems like it's really hard for people to do that. Like it seems like we want everyone to have the same experience of us, convince everybody it's this way. How could you think that? Like it seems like especially when they're very polarized experiences, opposite, it's really hard for two people to just sit down and be like, oh, I'm so curious about about your experience yeah without like either consciously or subconsciously jockeying for someone to join one of the other sides yeah why can't we just even we do that in our fights where there's like no audience but we're like debating to a grand jury but there's nobody there Or eventually she'll see it my way I'm more like, eventually all these imaginary people in here, they would all think I was super right. You know, if we were in front of 10 people right now, they'd think I was right for sure. And like, and what's so hard with just a, like a simple phrase like, oh, well, you know, that's not the way I see it. But, and I, yeah, it's an interesting way to look at things. Mm-hmm. Or I disagree and just leave it at that. 
so the shadow side of this archetype we're kind of roundabout talking about but you'd say it's it's like aggressive one-sidedness forceful um my way is the right way Mm. defensive Mm. competitive win at all costs that's the kind of shadow side of this it's one of the shadow sides. It's the outward focus shadow side. Like you were talking about how the warrior can, or maybe this was in, when you were talking about power, you can direct that power, that force outwards onto other people, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you can also direct that, you know, that force, that sort of aggressiveness inside. And a lot of times with the other pole of the shadow side of the warrior, there's, there's, there's this sort of, shutting down of that um, purpose, that drive, and Mm -hmm. things kind of go gray or numb. Ah, so the other side, the shadow side, is when we detach from the feelings and go numb. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah, because that's a big problem for Manipura, And and I think if we look at the fire element, that puts the fire out going numb. Yeah, and so does, you know, utilizing... Um, the warriors drive to the point of um, collapse. Yeah, I definitely get stuck in that the sometimes. Think about workaholics. Like they pride themselves on work, 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 work until they collapse and shut down. Like that's not the most um, balanced use of one's energy because the, the warrior in his or her um, balanced form uses no more energy than is absolutely necessary ah so they're not wasting energy (laughs) they're skillful yeah they're skillful not wasting energy so it comes back to that again not wasting energy okay so then i think it's important to pepper in here we were going to do this as a fully other recording but i think we can put it in here because i think it feels relevant and uh correct me if you disagree give me a wink (laughs) but I think we could talk a little bit about um, emotions, uh, in particular, anger, passion, and aggression. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what I want to say about these for the purpose of the whole Manipura module and in relation, I think, to these archetypes too, uh, and we'll talk about the servant one in a minute, is anger is really an important emotion. And because so many of us have experienced the unbalanced warrior archetype energy or the shadow side, that outward forceful one we fear anger because we've seen aggression in action Mm -hmm. i think a lot of women i know for myself and many of the women i work with a lot of women at this point and i've only met like two or three who comfortably can access their anger and of those ones um you know they were working on being able to contain it so I, i haven't really met anybody who has a really healthy relationship to their anger naturally it seems like it takes a lot of practice and I know it took and is taking a lot of practice for me to come into healthy relationship with it because if I was to express anger or act angry then um, you know that would be considered a really bad thing because I would never want to replicate what I experienced at the hands of aggression and and in, in you know the men I've seen of various ages as they get older it gets more and more difficult to tap into any form of anger when you're young it's really easy to tap into and i think over time you see this inverse relationship between as men get older the anger capacity to express and feel and receive diminishes unless it's been cultivated and you know 
correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I've seen in women that capacity increases. So there's just sort of this inverse relationship between the two. Hmm. Yeah, I can't, I don't know about all women, but I know as I've started to work with mine, it definitely like, uh, arises more like it's allowed more inside of me. And it seems, you know, I'm clearly, I'm obviously not you, but it seems like a lot of women, when they were mature and get older, they realize that like, they don't just have to be a nice girl and comply with what's comfortable for men. That has definitely been a learning in process, which I totally have loved embracing, like just starting to bust up my nice girl complex, which goes into the servant for sure. So it's a, it's kind of like a nice segue into that too. But like, yeah, when you have to be nice and comply all the time, um, your passion dies, everything, your life, your joy, all those things just start to fizzle out. Mm-hmm. slowly slowly die inside mm-hmm. of you so i yeah I, if i can't express anger or not comply or have my own position on something in the friendships i've been in where i not not through any fault of anyone other than my own beliefs around it i've like not expressed when i was angry until these last couple of years and it really resulted in me being nice and and quote unquote kind which was actually really not very kind at all uh to maintain the status quo and not express my anger because I was so afraid of it. So the sh- I think the prevalence of this shadow warrior archetype in our culture has a lot to do with our disconnection from healthy expression of contained anger. Mm-hmm. And containing your anger, you know, I think it's important. I-, I had made a little note about this, about containing versus turning off. And so containing your anger within you doesn't mean you push it down or turn it off. It means that you are building and cultivating a container for your body and that the container for your body is able to hold your anger and you don't have to give it to anyone else. You don't have to have anyone else witness it. You don't have to blame anyone for it. It's can you witness it? Can you express it with you? Can you receive it with you? I can just see it now. People asking themselves either out loud or, you know, quietly to themselves. Well, so how do I how do I contain this anger? Well, you have to express it. You have to start working with it first, and then you start to cultivate um, it within the body. Mm-hmm. It's not it's it's not one of those things that you can intellectualize. Yeah, I'm working with my anger now. I think I feel angry. I think I feel angry. Oh, that's what that's like. Yeah. No, it's um, it's it's kind of a messy process. Yeah. Um, in that it's 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 uncomfortable to to go there. Um, I know it was for me. It's like, well, why am I expressing this? Like, what's going on? But you start to feel it in your body. You can start to feel the, the energy that flows over the skin, over the entire body once you really start to get used to it. And then in day-to-day occurrences where you, know, you might have gotten angry or stuffed it down, you feel similar feelings from when you were you know, doing the, the, the practice work. If you're doing the practice work, you're like, oh, okay, here it is. So how do I breathe into this? How do I work with this? How do we not explode, react, leak. or collapse, or leak? <laughs> Everyone knows I'm angry, but I'm not saying it, and I'm smiling. <laughs> my face is red, and I'm not. But breathing. they can feel my leaking. Even some sometimes I was I could smile and be nice, but you know it was leaking out. It would be so obvious. Okay. So anyway, let's move on because I think we spent a really long time on on this one, um, and it's one of my favorite ones because it's so important. But let's. 
look at the servant, which is uh, another one of the archetypes of Manipura, Manipura. And the servant is, you know, it's characterized by complete service, complete service of oneself to outside the self with abandonment of oneself. And the servant needs recognition and praise more than anything else. So it's different than the martyr. The Mm. martyr that we talked about a lot in the last one um, has sort of this art of, of manipulation to it and doing nice things and but it creates guilt and people aren't even asking for it the servant's a little different it's a little bit more evolved than the martyr but still challenging and um in the servant archetype we have to work with our need for praise and approval and how that can sometimes bring us into abandoning ourselves devaluating ourselves i see this a lot with healers who are like don't, you don't have to pay me. I'm just going to help. I'm just going to be of service, right? Because they want to be loved and appreciated and liked and praised and for their effort. seen as selfless. Seen as selfless. And so it's a hard one because it's confusing. Because a healthy amount of service to your community and to the projects that you care about, uh, selfless service is really important. We need to have that. But when it becomes to a point where we're doing everything because... A, we don't feel secure in our position and we feel like unless we do, we might lose it. Or B, we're really thriving. Our fuel is coming from our ability to be praised, seen, and recognized. Our fuel. That's an important thing with Manipura to remember. It's the fuel for your physical manifestation in the world. So are you getting your fuel from shadow archetype of warrior and oppressing and taking and manipulating and winning at all costs? Is that filling you up for fuel? Or is it from the total praise of others? Both of those things are located outside yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what they have in common. And whenever something's located outside of ourselves, it can't be a nourishing, long-lasting source of fuel. It ends up burning out. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, you know, uh, when I'm being of service, am I compensated? Am I willing to receive compensation or do I feel uncomfortable with receiving? Am I willing to ask for what I'm worth? Someone can tell me no. You know, this is something I tell people when we're working together and they're in the serving, servant archetype is like, like, you can ask and they can say no and that's okay, but you'll have done such a service to yourself mm-hmm. asking for being compensated what you're worth, whether it's at a job or a session or somebody who's working with clients or teaching yoga classes, like, the servants sometimes assume that the other person will just say no so they don't ask or the other person will be offended or hurt so they don't want to ask for what they're worth which is different than the martyr who just wants you to be in debt to them and a lot of times when that arises the individuals don't really know what um how they value themselves mm-hmm. or what their own what self-worth worth? is to them not to anybody else yeah and you know if you're truly of service and you want to expand and help whether it is you know help more people heal themselves uh, wake more people up um, you want to be able to have the infrastructure financially and you know whatever to be able to do that and in this day and age that requires financing yeah like i'm compensated for your work i'm a real poor helper when i'm scared and scrounging money like in those days of life is like i can't help anybody because i'm yeah, you're not the plane's going down and you haven't put the mask on yourself yeah yeah and 
then on on the other side of that you know you see people who are like well I already have money so I don't want to get paid for my healing work I just want to help I just want to serve and uh, one of my teachers says I really like like you're robbing somebody's chance to take care of themselves when you do that. Like mm. you're getting involved in their field of energy and trying to fix and, and help because your field of energy needs that. It needs to fix and help and be of service and have people praise you for it. And so it's actually a very selfish thing to do. And when I heard it that way, I was like, oh no, like the servant in me was like, oh, I don't want to be selfish. Maybe I'll start charging and not just inserting my help into these areas where it hasn't been asked for. And it's also a huge power imbalance. The person, you know, if, you know, they're not asking for any compensation, they have all the power. Mm-hmm. But if the person does ask for compensation, the one who's giving the compensation can choose not to and go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So they have power together. Yes. It's one of the interesting things in the servant archetype. It's like, I've had this happen with assistants in the past years before and uh, it's like, oh, I'll do all these things. I'll do all these things. I'll do, I'll do all these things. And I just want to be a part of this wonderful thing that we're doing. And da, 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 da. And the power is totally imbalanced. And then, you know, you can't ask them to stop because they're doing it for free, right? Because then mm-hmm. you're going to really hurt their feelings. And you also can't, and also the power gets imbalanced. And then as, as the servant, in being in the archetype, once you no longer feel praised and appreciated and that new shiny glow wears off, then you start to want to try to take power in other ways. And it can be really complicated. So we have to look at our relationship to receiving. And am I willing to receive? And, you know, am I willing to participate in an exchange with someone when I'm giving? And it doesn't have to be monetary, but am I willing to participate in exchange when I'm giving in a way that feels good for both people? And what's so hard for me about having a conversation about that exchange. It's a very difficult thing. I, I've, I've struggled with that in the past myself. Like, remember when I first started my business in San Francisco, talking about how people can pay me, how much to pay mm-hmm. me. It was really weird. Even like, I used to get anxious about like giving them directions on where to, like, oh, here's my, like the number that you give it to or whatever. Yeah, oh, you take card, cash. Oh, I take anything, whatever matters, you know? Oh my God, I, we did that, yeah. I did that once and one of the physical therapists overheard me and he took me aside Luckily, when no one else was around, he goes, hey, um, Keenan, when someone wants to pay you, you better have an answer for them. Never forget it. And he's right. Yeah. So, wow, this is so much longer than I thought it was going to be. But that's okay. It's an important one. And um, I think, you know, we can look at these two things and look at where we, and remember that the servant archetype, we almost didn't even talk about the, the light side of it when it's balanced. When it's balanced, it's showing up in service for the things that really ignite it. Mm -hmm. Like I'll show up for free for some things that really ignite my soul and where I really feel like it's valuable and necessary. And then for the rest of the things, I'll charge, right? Or, you know, like I'll show up for free and serve for God, for the divine, Mm -hmm. for that which is larger than me, for the earth. I will be in that servant. I will be a servant child of the earth in every way that I can. And when the signs are very clear and, and obvious. And when the signs are clear and obvious that that's what I should do. There's been projects I've worked on from a place of service because I believed in them. And and uh, there's it, so we're not saying that there's something wrong with that. It's just, you, you guys know, it's the nuance behind it. If it's a pattern, if it's the way it always is, then we got to mm-hmm. look at it. 
But in its balanced light version, where it's in the light and it's seen, the servant archetype is really a beautiful thing because it has the mentality of doing good for the greater whole. And when it's balanced, it doesn't sacrifice itself in order to do that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big key is self-betrayal happens when we're in the shadow side of the servant archetype and pure service for the greater good of the whole without betrayal of oneself. Service that has limits, service that has boundaries, service that turns off at the end of the day. That's the kind of service that uh, is embodied in the servant archetype when it's um, helpful. Okay, so I think you guys have a pretty good idea of it for now, and we'll have the comment and question section open so you can leave any questions that you have there, and we'll talk about it on our call. Okay, bye. Bye.